On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time imon irukti yen of chakt erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter thing. Skilti fis turmi. Tashi dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestin ekol. Vien talam aginam griv orkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. They are not our rulers. And they dare to tell us that we need to be injected and that we are sick. And we are not sick. And we do not need to be injected! Today on the Indo-Daily, have protesters gathering outside politicians' homes crossed a line? This is not fabricated, it's actual facts. You have sold us out! I already sent it to Mary Lou. To her own email, I sent it to her. You and Fianna Fáil have sold us out! Micheál Martin, Leo Varadkar, Mary Lou MacDonald, Eamon Ryan, Stephen Donnelly, Tony Holan, Joe Duffy just some of the public figures who have seen protests outside their homes in recent months. It's quite simple, really. If you want to protest, go to Leinster House, go to government buildings, go to the relevant department. But somebody's home is a private place, a place of sanctuary, and they are entitled to feel safe there. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'll be asking if political protest in Ireland has gone too far. Protest is the way we express our views, uh, we express dissent, we hold politicians accountable. Um, So we need to be very, very careful uh, about when we limit it. John Downing, political correspondent with the Irish Independent. These protests have really grown in recent weeks and recent months. Yeah, they have grown in frequency. They weren't entirely, totally unheard of in in the past, in the history of this state. And certainly there's a very vigorous and healthy tradition of protest and people taking their their causes and their cases to the street. What we are looking at now, which is different, is we're looking at personalised attacks, basically, they amount to on individuals, individual politicians. It's very personalised and very frequently going to people's homes, which is really beyond the beyonds and completely unacceptable. Who are the protesters? What's their gripe? Well, it's difficult uh, to be 100% 100% clear from uh, particularly in the early days because of course they have uh, a big gripe with mainstream media and they believe that the, the mainstream news services are in cahoots with the establishment. They, they make all these crazy claims. Um, but we understand and there is strong anecdotal evidence at very least that these people are A, uh, denying 
the COVID virus, the extent of it and the difficulties, and B, they are completely opposed to the idea of vaccination and mass vaccination, which I think the nine out of 10 Irish people have decided they voted with their upper arms and took this vaccine because they see it as the only, logically, the only way out of our current dilemma and and fix with the COVID-19 virus. I want you to listen to two clips and we're going to just play a very short bit of them because we don't want to give more oxygen to this than necessary. But the first one here is people outside Leo Varadkar's house. And now this is Pascal Donoghue walking on Marion Street, very close to the Department of Finance, when he was accosted by protesters. You're a disgrace. You're an absolute disgrace. An absolute disgrace. John, you can hear Pascal Donoghue there trying to be Pascal Donoghue and, and kind of just swat it away, if you like. Surely public representatives do expect a level of hassle and that, you know, voters, you can't please all of the people all of the time. Yeah, there is no doubt. And they're, they're not always universally loved. And uh, that, that's because when, when particularly when you're in government, you're making hard decisions with scarce resources. You have to live with those decisions and defend them. Uh, but but two points immediately crop up. Sometimes people come up with this sort of bogus, uh, lame-brained theory that, look, politicians or people in the public eye, they chose public life, they can leave public life so they, could, they can uh, darn well take what comes with that terrain. Um, there are two points to be made about that. One is a public person is still entitled to a private life. They still have the same civil rights as everybody else. They're entitled to walk walk the street. They're entitled to a private life and a home life without being intruded upon. That is absolute. So there are limits to everything. The idea of showing up at somebody's home or vulgarly abusing and berating somebody on the public street where the, the minister has as much right as any other citizen to walk. It's completely unacceptable. The other point is, even if you did accept this sort of bogus theory that they chose public life and they can darn well get on with it, if you even if you go with that, what about their their um, their neighbours? What about their loved ones, their families, their extended family, their friends? They didn't choose public life, and they absolutely, under no circumstances, should have to put up with this sort of carry on. What's interesting with some of these protests that we've seen in the last couple of months. John, is the list of people. It stretches from Michal Martin to Leo Varadkar to the chief medical officer to radio personalities like Joe Duffy, Pat Kenny, to Mary Lou MacDonald, who is the leader of the opposition. They're targeting everybody. There is a very uh, broad stream catch-all there, which is which is even more uh, distressing and, and worrying. Interesting, I suppose, to some degree, uh, Sinn Féin is a sort of spin-off saying uh, that Sinn Féin is increasingly, it, it is some support evidence to suggest they're increasingly becoming a mainstream party. But it shows uh, the, the nature of the current crop of things that they are a very small minority, but there is a sort of pernicious and sinister side to them. 
How is this type of thing dealt with in other countries? This can't be unique to Ireland. It's it's by no means unique to Ireland, but what is unique to Ireland is our intimacy with politicians and the way politicians just walk the street. If you go up around Leinster House, government buildings, the various government departments, you'll see senior politicians being stopped on the street, shooting the breeze with people, discussing people coming to them with their individual concerns or their community concerns. And you'll see that kind of engagement going on on a personal level. But in in other jurisdictions, A, if you're on mainland Europe, the police will move you. They will move in and move you on pretty peremptorily. Um, In other jurisdictions, in America, for example, you would say the tradition of freedom of expression and free speech is very strong. But in many states, it is now illegal to picket a person's home. It is illegal to, to importune them and aggress them on the streets. And going as far back as 1988... Uh, the city of Wisconsin had such an ordinance upheld by the uh, judges of the US Supreme Court. So there is, there are limits and there, there are legal ways of constraining this type of behaviour. Fianna Fáil and Senator Malcolm Byrne is proposing new legislation that would limit the right to protest outside a private home. Malcolm, what exactly is the bill that you're introducing to limit protests outside private homes? So I would hope, given that I would never have actually had to introduce uh, legislation in this area, one would think uh, that given how uh, important the right to protest uh, is in this country and how well respected it is, uh, that people would do it in a responsible manner uh, as the overwhelming majority of protests that take place in Ireland uh, do take place in such a manner. But the legislation... Uh, that I'm introducing will uh, make it an offence to engage in targeted protesting uh, outside an individual's home. Um, on uh, conviction after a, uh, a first offence, it's subject to a fine, but for second and subsequent offences uh, on conviction, it can be subject to a fine and or uh, imprisonment for up to 12 months. How much is the fine? So in the first case, it would be a fine of up to €1,000 for a first offence, and in the case of a second or subsequent offence, up to €5,000. That kind of creates the possibility of, if we take the the example of some of the protests we've seen recently of Gardaí going around and, and handing out tickets effectively to people who are actually standing on public streets. Well, no, what they'll be doing is they will be engaging in a an offence. Um, you know, we have um, the right to protest is a very important right. Uh, and it's something that we should never seek uh, to inhibit, except when uh, other rights are infringed. And clearly what is, is happening at the moment is with a small group, some on the extreme left, but most of them on the extreme right, Uh, They're engaging in protests that are not peaceful, um, but they are interfering with other rights uh, of other citizens, particularly the right to privacy. Um, The right to privacy is one that is protected in the Constitution, uh, as is the right to protection in one's own family home. Um, It's also protected under the European Convention for Human Rights. And we've got to remember that when some of these targeted protests outside homes take place, it's not just... 
uh, an attack on the individual against whom the protest is targeted, it's often, you know, it impacts on their family. There are often children involved. Uh, I think particularly when there was that awful protest outside uh, Simon Harris's house, when Simon Harris wasn't even there, um, but his wife with a newborn child was inside the house. Uh, that infringes on their rights. It also infringes on uh, the rights to privacy of the neighbours of the people who are targeted in these circumstances. There is a counter argument, though, which goes along the lines of what has been said by Paul Murphy, uh, the TD who was infamously involved in the Jobstown protest, which is that you start here with banning protests outside private homes and over time it's chipped away at and suddenly you're banning wider protests like the Jobstown one. No matter what you think of it, that was not a protest outside a private home. Yeah, well, uh, let's be very clear about this legislation. Um, the legislation is quite specific. It's about targeted protests outside individuals' homes. It will only cover where you engage in a targeted protest within 200 metres of an individual's home and where you clearly identify who the purpose is uh, of that protest. Uh, so, so this doesn't have uh, a wider remit. I, I do think, by the way, that there should be limits on other forms of protest. Um, I think the government has to bring forward the legislation around safe zones for hospitals. Uh, so I certainly think that there should be restrictions on protests in some of those circumstances. Uh, I believe that there should be restrictions, for instance, on protests outside schools. Um, people will remember the, the horrible protests outside uh, Holy Cross in Belfast. Uh, you know, I'd hate to see an impact on young children in the same way that those protests would take, take place. So there, there have to be some restrictions. Um, but, but let's be very clear, and if Paul Murphy read the legislation, um, this legislation clearly provides that it is only on uh, protests outside an individual's private home. Uh, it doesn't just cover politicians, obviously. It covers journalists. We've seen protests outside uh, the home of the chief medical officer and medics. Um, that should not be happening. Dieran Ansbro, Head of Legal and Policy at the Irish Council of Civil Liberties. Obviously, people have a right to protest. It's been a, a long protected right. But are those rights unlimited? Uh, the right to protest is very strongly uh, protected in our constitution and in human rights law. Um, but it isn't, a, it isn't a, an absolute right, which means it can be limited in, in certain circumstances. But we have to be very careful about when we might limit the right to protest because of its importance to our democracy. Um, Protest is the way we express our views, uh, we express dissent, we hold politicians accountable. Um, so we need to be very, very careful uh, about when we limit it. And I suppose we have to remember that there are limits to the right to protest anyway, because the law only protects protects peaceful protest and only protects protests that are in, in, in public places. Um, so when we are seeking to potentially limit it, we have to ensure that any limits are absolutely necessary, demonstrated, there's a demonstrated need for limits, uh, but also that, that they are proportionate and as minimal as possible to protect, um, to protect the right. The legislation that is being proposed, though, is to limit it in a public place, outside a private residence, but uh, the pro the actual limit would be on people standing on a footpath outside a, a private residence. Does that cross a line? Well, we would argue that um, as long as a protest is peaceful and it's in a public place, uh, 
that it should be protected by law. So any suggestion of of criminalizing a, a type of protest that where we haven't seen you know a pattern of of concerted um, attempts to to you know harass or or target people in in a in a very intimidating way, um, you know the criminal law isn't appropriate. And we also have to remember uh, before we start talking about new legislation that would criminalize our our precious right to protest that there is law in place that. Can can address these issues. So, for example, if you have a protest that reaches a level of harassment or that causes uh, a degree of distress or alarm, um, we have the Public Order Act and the Gardaí can be called and can move people on. Um, so, you know, that, quest- that, that raises the question as to whether new legislation is, is necessary in the first place. John Downing, that was a clip from the infamous Jobstown protest, which is, I suppose, when you think back on it, was a kind of a seminal moment for that Fine Gael Labour government as it was at the time, Tanisha Joan Burton trapped in her car. There was a court case about that and all of the people involved, including the TD Paul Murphy, were cleared, um, didn't face any prosecution in that case. That's the last time we probably had a big debate around the style of protest that we should have. But there's nothing new. This comes up every few years, doesn't it? There have been incidents in the past. Yeah, They, they have been ugly and unacceptable for to, to the view of many people, myself included, um, but isolated enough. Uh, this one arose from the sort of slow building, slow slow pressure, terrible pun unintended, around the water charges. People thought it was a, a marginal thing. Uh, it, it caught the public imagination. Then Thornishdown Labour Party leader Joan Burton was actually presenting awards. She was blocked. Uh, she and uh, some of her support staff were blocked from travelling for uh, an hour and a half and again, unacceptable because the Tonishta, in the same as any other, as a senior minister, in the same as any other citizen, has the right to go the highways, has the right to travel and all of that. And in practice, she was deprived of her basic civil right on the day. But it passed. But the law saw it a different way. Down through the years, farmers have been great at protesting, John. They've had quite a number of media moments, shall we say, with the the type of protest they've brought to Dublin. Absolutely. Going right back to the mid-1960s when they they picketed and blocked and and so on. And we've had many manifestations of it. Famously in the 90s, they they brought the sheep into Agriculture House on Kildare Street, just up the way from from the Doyle, in protest at uh, various price issues and so on. We've had various agriculture reforms. Dozens of tractors and other farm vehicles are blocking much of Dublin city centre this evening. In the year 2000, they blockaded meat plants about because they believed, and quite rightly, I, I, I would accept, they believed they weren't getting a fair deal on prices. The so-called tractorcade demonstration was organised in protest over the prices paid to farmers for meat, dairy and grain produce. The organisers say they will remain in the capital until tomorrow afternoon. Uh, it's kind of... It, they're uh, frequently borderline civil disobedience when they bring all their tractors all at once to town. It's uh, it's hell to pay. It's not always popular. They know they the well of public sympathy is rather shallow for them on occasions like this. 
but they have contributed a, a lot to uh, the body politic, I suppose, by by their their protests. It's very important to stress that they av- avoid personalising uh, the, these uh, occasions, and they certainly never went to the home, uh, the private home of any politician. Of course, uh, famously, some civil servants needed to get their dry cleaning bills paid from the state coffers after the uh, sheep were let run riot in the Department yes, of Yes, I believe it was after lunchtime for the sheep, so there were consequences, <laughs> yes. Take us back to the height of the recession as the Celtic Tiger came crashing down and the medical card controversy. Yeah, uh, this was October 2008 and uh, the pensioners who felt their over 70s uh, uh, medical card entitlements were initially going to be cut back uh, and the pensioners came to town in their droves. In the late 1960s, the Labour Party, the Irish Labour Party said the 70s would be socialist. In 2008, we found the socialists were 70. Uh, They shouted down uh, two uh, junior ministers who tried to go and speak to them. Maura Hochter from Tipperary North uh, and uh, John Maloney from County Leash, b- both decent uh, professional politicians, very hard times, uh, a, a very prompt U-turn done by government and a reflection that never was so much capital squandered to save so little potentially on a budget. And that's probably an example. And the water protesters would argue that they got their message across because in both incidents, instances, it forced politicians to change course uh, and it did change the political agenda. Yes, they did win their case. It's worth listening to this short clip, uh, John, from some yellow vest protests because in reality, much of what we're talking about without playing it down pales in comparison to some protests that we see and hear about on the international stage. Last Saturday, authorities uh, came under fire after 300 so-called caisseurs or wreckers essentially ran amok on the Champs-Élysées in central Paris. Uh, breaking uh, shop windows, looting, even setting fire to a bank uh, and a restaurant. John, we started by talking about this current phase of protests where people almost weekly now are going to the homes of politicians or other people in public life. What are those people affected saying about all this? The instinct of a politician is to say, look, don't make a deal out of it. Don't uh, give them additional oxygen of publicity. Don't give them a day in court where there'll be more protests and more martyrdom complexes being wheeled out. But there are limits to everything. And I think there, there is a moot among some politicians that action needs to be taken. I know they're never too keen to to comment in a big way, as you say, on this, but they tend to get asked about it at media opportunities or if they're doing radio interviews or TV about other incidents. And here's what Eamon Ryan had to say in particular. By and large, we've worked well as a, as a democratic republic in 100 years. And, and part of the way of doing it is not to kind of, not to overplay it a little bit, but at the same time, I, I completely, I, it's rep- reprehensible. You shouldn't be outside someone's house. Finally, John, there is a proposal now for legislation in this area to stop protests outside private houses, but 
It occurs to me that since the abortion referendum, we have been talking about and hearing about this idea of safe zones outside hospitals and it still hasn't happened. So if it's not happening for maternity hospitals, is it going to happen for private homes and politicians' homes? Hard to be definitive in in replying to that, but the hi- history teaches us that it is less likely to happen unless this continu- this trend continues and let, let's hope no such thing occurs. But if it intensifies and if there are specific incidents of, of injury or consequences, w- we may see change. That was John Downing, political correspondent with the Irish Independent. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archives clips from independent.ie and News Talk Radio and RTE. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>